if you are interested in simplifying your life and your business, have you thought about automating things? Welcome to Outside the Box with Elsa. Your host is Elsa Palmer Oden. There are many tools that you can use in business and personal automation, including virtual assistants. It's time to take back your time and management. Now, here's your host, Elsa Palmer Oden. Welcome to Outside the Box. I'm Elsa. I'm your host. And I'd like to start with tonight's show to honor our great American veterans. I know yesterday was our Veterans Day for the nation. So I'm going to honor our veterans on tonight's show. But first, if you have any questions you'd like to ask during the show, feel free to call in to 866-472-5788 or send an email to Elsa at ElsaOutsideTheBox.com. So I'd like to start with wishing a very happy birthday to actress Anne Hathaway and actor Ryan Gosling and singer Neil Young and baseball star Sammy Sosa, and a heavenly happy birthday to actress Grace Kelly. Now, today in history, there's been quite a few interesting things that I want to bring up. In 1926, we had the first recorded aerial bombing on U.S. soil. took place in Williamson County, Illinois, during a feud between rival liquor gangs, the Sheltons and the Burgers. Now, in 1933, we have a few different things. First, we have the first Sunday NFL football game. It was illegal prior to 1933 to have a football game on Sunday. The first known photograph of Nessie the Loch Ness Monster. I love little Nessie or huge Nessie. In 1933, also, oddly enough, the Nazis received 92% vote in the parliamentary elections. Little did people know what the Nazis were going to be up to. In 1954, Ellis Island Immigration Station closed. Now, here's a real interesting one. In 1966... We had our first space selfie. Buzz Aldrin took the first photo of himself performing extravehicular activity in space during the Gemini program. In 1972 and in 1975 on this day, Richard Petty won the NASCAR Cup Championship. And my favorite driver in 1995, Jeff Gordon, won won the NASCAR's 45th Cup Championship. Now, as we know, as I mentioned, yesterday was Veterans Day. But do you really know the history behind this holiday? Well, on November 11th, 1918, during the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, An armistice was declared between Allied nations and Germany for World War I. The official treaty ending the war wasn't signed until June 28, 1919, but the world always recognized November 11th as Armistice Day to mark the end of the conflict. On November 11th, 1919, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed this day as the commemoration of Armistice Day 
which included a brief pause of all business and school activity at 11 a.m. And actually, I read that to the or yeah to this day, many countries still actually do a pause during school and business hours at 11 a.m. for this. In 1921, a hundred years ago. An unidentified American soldier killed in the war was buried at Arlington National Cemetery. Now it is known as the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier that we guard and honor to this day. On the same day, the previous year, unidentified soldiers were laid to rest at Westminster Abbey in London and at the Arc de Triomphe in Paris. On June 4, 1926, Congress passed a resolution that the recurring anniversary of November 11th should be commemorated with thanksgiving and prayer and exercises designed to perpetuate peace through goodwill and mutual understanding between nations. And that the president should issue an annual proclamation calling for the observance of Armistice Day. By 1938, November 11th was made a federal holiday dedicated to the cause of world peace and to be hereafter celebrated and known as Armistice Day. In 1954, Congress changed the holiday to Veterans Day, instead to honor all American veterans from all wars. Interestingly, in 1971, Congress tried to change the date of the holiday to the fourth Monday in October. But most states still celebrated it on November 11th. By 1975, President Ford changed it back to the November 11th because of its historical significance. Now that I've given a little bit of history lesson for the day, I'd like to first say thank you. A very big Thank you to all who have served this great nation to protect our freedoms. As Americans, we seem to take our freedoms for granted. Let's not forget that many countries don't have the freedoms of speech, press, religion, equality, and the right to bear arms that we have here. Thanks to the many men and women that have served and currently serve to protect them. Many people across the globe dream about living with the freedoms that we have in America. No matter what race, religion, gender, or income level, if you were born and raised in America, you have these privileges that many countries don't offer their citizens. And it's something that we really don't think about or even talk about. We take these for granted every day. So with that in mind, I would like to bring on a veteran to basically tell his side of veterans and Veterans Day. I'd like to introduce Randy Noble, a six-year veteran of the National Guard and a 25-year veteran of the Air Force Reserve. Hey, Randy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Elsa. How you doing? Oh, doing great. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, let's see. I was uh, born and raised in the military. Dad spent 20 years in the active duty air force and so growing up we went to a lot of different schools and did a lot of different things and when i graduated high school i just kind of thought it was about time for me to do 
my duty and serve America a little bit. So it was kind of in my blood. So I, I joined the Army National Guard, uh, not right out of high school, but when I was 19. And uh, kind of went to basic training and kind of kind of did my thing. I stayed in the Army National Guard for six years, three in the uh, Louisiana Guard in, uh, and three in the Georgia Guard, a total of six years. And then after Desert Storm, I we, we moved back to uh, Freeport, Louisiana, and then I joined the Air Force Reserve out here at Barksdale Air Force Base. I have, uh, let's see, four beautiful daughters, a very supportive wife, and uh, a pretty good life, actually. You know, it, uh, um, I think serving uh, helped me a lot and uh, got, got to meet a lot of different people uh, just growing up and, uh, of course, also serving across the, the globe at different times. Which means you've seen both sides of it as a child of a veteran, as well as a veteran yourself. Yep. Yep. And that that kind of helps me out a little bit, you know, when I was deployed and different things that how my, my children felt. Now the reserves a little bit different. Uh, We stay in one place. We always come back to the same place. The active duty people, they go to different places all over the planet. And most of the time the, the families go with them. But reserves, you know, I stayed out at Barksdale for 25 years. And then when I was in the Guard, I had, uh, you know, stayed at that location. So we always knew we were coming back in the reserves. It's a little bit different than active duty. Is that why you chose the reserves? Was just so that yeah, you could I, stay kind of in one area? Exactly. So growing up, I just, I just maybe I didn't want to do that to my children. I did, you know, when you're young, you, you, you don't understand any of that. And uh, you just always wonder why, why mommy moving all the time. And, you know, it just made you feel a bit different. So I just didn't want to put my, my, my children through that. I mean, children are resilient, but, you know, I just want to keep them in one place. So that, that right. was the reason for that, really. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So what does Veterans Day mean to you as a veteran? Well, I think Veterans Day means to me is, it's kind of a time to sit down and remember all the ones that uh, sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice, actually, given their life for our country, and uh, to keep the freedoms that you spoke about a little bit earlier, you know, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, all those type things. Um, it's just a time to reflect, actually. Uh, we, we, we need to remember how we got here, and, and, and the way we got here is, you know, a lot of different things, but the veterans played a big part of what America is, you know, fighting different conflicts, you know, everything from the Revolutionary War up to just the stuff we're doing nowadays, you know. That's really what Veterans Day means to me, is just a time of reflection and uh, remembering all the people that I met and who I served with. And just, uh, you know, I I probably sent, uh, oh, probably close to 100 texts yesterday of everybody I could remember that, that served with me just to let them know thank you and for serving with me and then, you know, just let them know that, uh, that we're thinking about each other really it's like a band of brothers. We just kind of, you know, hang out together and, uh, you know, support one another basically. Well, all the men and women that you served with, you guys are all like family, aren't you? Exactly. Yeah. Cause sometimes we, you know, it's kind of like a regular job. So of course we're in the reserve, so we don't, we're not full-time with each other, but when we are deployed and when we do our maneuvers, we, we are our family, uh, each, each other. You're right. Uh, we, we've spent holidays with each other when we couldn't spend holidays with our families. Uh, so we just, 
you know, we, we, we get to know each other very well. Uh, or, you know, just like any family, you have the grumpy old uncle or the person <laughs> that's, that's a little bit on the weird side. But, you know, it's still a family. That's what families do. Okay. Wow. That's just it. We're all a little bit different. That's right. That's so great. why did you switch between the National Guard to the Air Force? Well, could, could you mention that? So, so uh, I probably left out the part that I, you know, I uh, uh, went to college, graduated from Louisiana Tech University over here in Louisiana. And uh, so when I was uh, moved out to Georgia for my first job, I had to join the Georgia Guard because I was still in my commitment of the six years. So that's right about the time in 1990 or 91, and we all knew what happened during that time frame, which was Desert Storm. So I actually worked for my professor who was a colonel in the National Guard, and he's the one that hired me, and that's why I went to Georgia. But anyway, so, you know, after walking around and doing it the Army way over in Desert Storm, uh, when I came back, I just uh, I had basically had my six-year commitment in the Army, and then I just thought maybe I, I was going to do something a little bit different. And, uh, of course, when you're in the reserves, you're supposed to have your job when you come back, and uh, – I did, but uh, it was out in Georgia, and I just wanted to get back home uh, to Louisiana, which were, were, where my dad retired, and I just wanted to come back home. So that's I just picked my nearest unit and it happened to be a reserve unit. All my time in the Army counted, so I didn't lose any time there. So that's kind of how I got into the Air Force Reserve because it was, you know, I'm five minutes from Barksdale Air Force Base. It made it convenient for, for 25 years. And I will tell you, a lot of my friends drove all the way from Dallas or Houston or Memphis, Tennessee to come here, but, you know, I just, I also, uh, you know, I own my own company, so I really couldn't be too far away from my workplace and it made it convenient. So, so I, I joined because it just, uh, it, it, uh, not that I disliked the army national guard. It was great to me and, and I enjoyed every minute, but it was just time for a change and, and it was convenient. That's why I joined the air force reserves so. and probably because my father was in the air force and he always bugged me. <laughs> You know, hey, why'd you join the army? Well, you know, her dad. They offered good tuition uh, assistance, and that's why I kind of joined to start with. You know, help help with college and stuff. That makes sense. All right. Well, what would you say are the most important freedoms that we have in this country? Well, if you had to narrow it down, a couple of them that come to mind is freedom of speech. Of course, uh, you may not agree with what other people say, but they have the right to say what they want to say. I've been to other countries where they don't let you do that. Okay, uh, right? Uh, freedom of religion. Okay, that's a real big deal. I've also been to other countries where where the uh, they have a national religion, and you have to do exactly what you know. You have to uh, pretty much do what they tell you to do. So we have freedom of religion. And, of course, you know, right to bear arms in, in, in the United States is, is another big freedom I think we have. And uh, that's why I wore the uniform, so we could protect those freedoms for all the years that, uh, that, uh, that I served. And, and, of course, not just me, but, you know, generations before me. That's the reason why they did that. Because uh, when you visit other countries, and that, that's what I really enjoyed about being in the reserve or – Growing up in, uh, in, 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 in the military is meeting different cultures, actually seeing 
what they go through, and some of them are very similar to the United States, of course, but nothing's like the exact United States of America, okay? Because the moment you leave this country, you want to come back to this country. I mean, the moment you get on the airplane, you're flying away, you're saying, I want to get back to America. But, you know, it's good to go see how other people live and how what freedoms they have or what they don't have, and that makes you appreciate what we have here in America. All from Golden Chariot. Okay. Well, we're going to be taking a break here in just a minute. And I, before we do take a break, I would like to take a moment to honor all of our soldiers, past and present, and their families. So I would like to take a moment of silence on that, and then we'll be back from a quick word from our sponsors. Entrepreneurs and business owners need reliable, good assistance without the time-consuming stress that comes with searching for, hiring, and training someone. That's where U.S. Virtual Assistant and REIAssistant.com comes in. Their outstanding U.S.-based virtual assistants are trained, have strong skills, experience, and are reliable. They make it easy to work with a rock star virtual assistant so you can reclaim time to do what you need to do and grow your business. They carefully pair you with an experienced virtual assistant who can take care of pretty much any task that doesn't require their in-person presence. From inbound calls to outbound calls to property management and from marketing to websites, they have your small business needs covered. Hiring a virtual assistant is easier than hiring and training an assistant yourself. Best part? It's also cost-effective, saving you up to 85% compared to hiring your own in-house or virtual assistant. Stop doing everything yourself and get your time back by hiring a VA from usvirtualassistant.com. Visit us or call today, 855-2-GET-A-VA. Looking to buy or sell your piece of Southwest Florida paradise? Make your choice a logical one with Logical Choice Realty Group. Sell it faster for more money and less stress. They'll get your home sold and closed. Go to logicalchoicerealtygroup.com and start packing today. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Outside the Box with Elsa. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to elsa at elsaoutsidetheBox.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Outside the Box. I'm Elsa, your host, and I've got our veteran on here for our Veterans Day special, Randy, and we were discussing some of the freedoms that we have in this country that he fought so hard for. So now I want to ask a little different question. How does kneeling for the flag make you feel as a veteran? Well, as a veteran, of course, I don't like it. I think it's a, uh, but I will, uh, a caveat to that is I wear the uniform for 31 years to give people the right to do that. Okay. Right. Because we have the right to express freedom. Now, I also say 
you also have to own up for your actions. You're, you've got to take ownership. And if you, if you want to kneel for the flag, if I'm kneeling for the flag, I'm praying to my Lord and my Savior. Okay. That's what I'm, if you're kneeling for another cause, then maybe that, uh, it's just my opinion, maybe take a different opportunity to take care of that situation. But you do have the right to do that. But you also have the right to, that people may see that as something uh, different than, than you see it. So yes, you have the right to do it. I may not dis- I may not agree with it, but you also have to own up to your action if you decide. Makes perfect sense. That's the best way I can explain it. Makes perfect sense. I mean, we, in this country, that's one of our freedoms is to do that if we so choose. Even though it may not necessarily be for the right reasons. What do you actually want? That's, 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 go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead and finish that. No, I'm listening. Go ahead. Um, okay. What would you want people to know that that people may not necessarily realize of ways that they can help veterans in the community? What different ways well, yeah, could sure. they reach out and help? Just acknowledging them and, and uh, maybe just uh, go over and just visit with them for a little while. Some of them went through some terrible things, you know, and some of them may have not been through a terrible thing, but you don't know that too. Maybe just go visit with them for a little bit. Uh, most veterans are probably like me. We don't want to go out of the, we don't want anybody to go out of their way to do anything for us. You know, that's, you know, we kind of, our motto is, you know, service before self, most veterans, but, uh, but, you know, to recognize that, that, um, and like I said, just maybe have a kind word well, with them, uh, maybe do something for them, uh, uh, cut their grass for them or you can just say, Hey, how you doing? Uh, I don't know. Most of us just to thank you every once in a while. Most of us, like when somebody thanks me, I said, well, it's a two way street. If you didn't thank me, uh, you're part of the team that, you know, you know, in other words, thanking somebody kind of completes the full circle. Um, uh, and do it with somebody supporting us. Uh, and it, uh, my father, uh, I was little, but he went through a different era, you know, the Vietnam era, where, where basically that uh, the country didn't kind of uh, what was going on a lot, but, you know, still the American soldier, Air Force, Marine, whatever branch you were in, they did what the United States government said. Uh, I just remember... Uh, when I was five or six years old and dad was coming back, you know, after his couple of tours in Vietnam that, uh, I just remember, you know, Hey, I'm just five years old. Almost. I remember a lot of people yelling and screaming at me. That's report. Never really understood any of that until I grew up. But I think, uh, I think America's got, they learned a lot from that. Okay. Now the American soldier or the American, because he wants to, but he's doing that for his country. So, I think people learned. I mean, when I came back from Iraq, people were just, you know, thanking me when I was coming through the airport and all that. I, I think, I think just thanking somebody in a, in a very that, that's probably the best way. Best way I can explain. Okay, 
When you were deployed, what do you think it was like for your family? Which I think you kind of had a bit of an idea considering you were a child of a veteran as well. Well, what I realized the times that I was deployed, my 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 spouse and my kids, they just always made I because they knew where I was going and what it was. It's just they say everything's all right all the time, even though I probably knew that at home it probably wasn't okay. But they always made sure that, to, to tell me uh, that everything was okay. Now, I know in life, you know, uh, uh, flat tires still happen, bad things still happen. Uh, you know, power, you know, just anything in the world happens, but they're not going to let you know when you're overseas. And when, especially if you're like in a combat. So at least, at least my spouse, that's why I probably can't because here, here, you know, uh, I couldn't have done it at all without my, without my spouse, my wife, Joni support. Uh, I mean, one thing about when you're overseas and you're in, if you, if you have a family and everybody has a family, whether they're married or not, they got moved, their, their, their family's okay back home, then you can do your job over there. And that's one thing that I tried to teach my airmen uh, when I was in my unit is, uh, you know, make sure you know everything's going on okay over there uh, uh, so we can do our job, basically. But I don't know. I, I, my, my wife faked it a bunch because she always said everything was okay. People from my church came by and checked on her all the time. But when I got home, there was only like four light bulbs in the whole house that were working. It was kind of messed up. Two or three other things were broken, but 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 they won't tell you that when, when you're overseas. They don't want you to worry about other things. So. so I know it was really hard on them. I know it was, uh, but uh, but man, they, they were so supportive that they didn't, they didn't want to they didn't want to worry us. I guess that's a good way to put it. And that makes a lot of sense. You know, they don't want, you've already got enough on your mind if you're over there to begin with. No matter what you're actually doing overseas, you have a lot on your mind already. Right. Yep. Exactly. And then not all the places I went on the planet were bad places. I mean, we went to a lot of places. I, I actually been to Paris, France four times with a bunch of GS, but I've never taken my wife to Paris. I've been up in the Alpha Tower, but... I will, but regardless of whether we're in the or, or in a friendly situation, he was always so supportive and, and, and always let me know everything was okay at the home all the time, even though I probably knew it wasn't. But but just hearing that helps. Getting the support from your wife. So what types of assistance do you think our veterans need? That they might not necessarily be getting or getting on a regular well, basis. I think some of them are getting it. They're not getting it on exactly maybe on a regular basis. I think mainly any kind of medical help, and a lot of it now is mental health, actually. Uh, From the you know, PTSD. What they see there and what they do, yes, ma'am. Back to the real world, especially like, like us reservists. Uh, reservists were called up in active duty and we will do whatever we need to do. And then when we come back home, there's really not a big down period to get back into our civilian life. Now, active duty has a good program. 
course, they're active duty. That's their job. When they get back, they can actually take off some time. Everything. The reserves have to, you know, they'll, they'll kind of send us to the mainstream. But, you know, you go from a combat situation, you're down, you're downtime maybe a week or two or maybe a month, but then you're right back in the real world and then you got to get your mind back in the real world. So it, it, it's kind of tough. Family mental health. Okay. I mean, we, we, we really need to take care of our veterans to really think about that and then try to understand what they're going through. And I, me personally, I think if I talk about it, which most times dad, he never, ever talked about Vietnam at all. And I know he went through some terrible things, but, but I think talking about it helps. I think if you just sit down and listen to a veteran, just let them tell you, let them tell you their story. That will help. I did. Uh, I never details, but in generalities, I talked about it in my Sunday school class. I, my friends and I just kind of tried to open it up because some of the stuff you keep it all bottled up inside you, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna tear you. So mental health is a good thing, I think, uh, and then just medical in general. I think, uh, I think it all, I think it needs to be better, and it can get better. Uh, and uh, just, you know, time to see a doctor now. Us reservists are also a little bit different. We don't get full benefits to return 60, okay? But if you just, you know, if you're an active uh, military and you retire, you get all your benefits after 20 years. So if you decide to retire after 20. So mainly just uh, always remember to take in the mental health and um, and any kind of medical needs at all. You know, I, I think that that's, that's a number one that, minimum that's the least we can do for our veterans in america okay and that's probably one of the best ways we can even thank our soldiers is by getting them whatever help that they might need right yeah and you know just kind of i mean things uh, volunteer help, help those kind of them just want to get right back into the swing of things they don't want to be treated any different they don't want anything special but it's just programs like that that help them get back into any kind of normal normalities of life and, that, and that's all they're really doing that's why they wore the uniform to start with okay well i thank you randy i'm going to kind of turn the tables a little bit to shauna Shauna is the child of a veteran as well as the spouse of a veteran. So she's going to be able to tell that side of things a little bit. How you doing tonight, Shauna? Doing pretty well, thank you. Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I uh, grew up military my whole life, so it's pretty much all I've known. <laughs> I... Um, have had the great opportunity to uh, experience a lot of places and cultures because of it. And so I'm always thankful that I've been able to really broaden my horizons and open my mind, if you will, to the things that are out there. And it's all due to being a part of the military world. So my dad uh, was Army for eight years and then Navy for 13 years. My husband was Navy 
and he did six years there before he got out to back to civvy life, he said. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a, a little bit about me and how I'm connected to the, the, the veterans. So as a child, how did your father's deployment affect you? I still remember because he he retired from there when I up to when I was 13. So I just remember every time he'd go out to sea, I'd just cry and cry and cry, you know, the day of and like for about a week after, right? And then you just sto- slowly start to get into the swing of life has to go on. You know, that's what the part that a lot of people don't see is, you know, Brandy explained it really well is life goes on here and we got to keep it together because no matter what we're doing, their job is much harder because they got to be away from us. And a lot of times what they're doing is dangerous or, you know, protect to protect our country in some way. They can't always talk about it because they're not allowed to talk about it. And so that can be stressful, I think, too. And so, you know, we just do what we do here and just, but I just remember how much I cry and cry. And then like, I cry for a week after he got back. Cause I was always just so happy to see him, you know? Okay. So I, I, I could see that. And of course you were probably moving around a lot too, weren't you? Every two to two and a half years we moved. And so um, that part's not as hard, but watching, you know, when when you're when you're a you know dad or mom leaves for three to six months and back then the communication was a lot harder you know you didn't have all this technology so you could send an email you know it was like when they came into port or you know there's just these rare times that you could speak to them so it was really so valuable to have that little bit of talk time so it really stays with you because it's a little traumatizing but not in the way where you're like oh my god it's ruined my life it's you know traumatizing because but it makes you really appreciate them so much all right so now let's turn it a little bit and as the spouse of a veteran how has that part affected you when kenny's been deployed that part's hard because he was on submarines and uh, that's a much different world um, communication wise. And that was even a little while ago where, you know, you'd only be able to send a family gram is what they call it. And it was like a hundred words or less. And that's all you could, that's all you could send. And then, but you, and you could never get a response back. I mean, they would get them, but they couldn't transmit back to you because they're underwater somewhere. Right. That's stressful, three months, but, you know, with my dad, I kind of got in the lifestyle. It's hard to say you get used to it, but you kind of do. It takes a certain kind of person. I was born into it, so it was a little easier when I was married to, like, you know, rally up, go to work, go to school, and just deal with it. Okay. So what would you say would be the different types of sacrifices that children and spouses face? Different problems, did you say? Different sacrifices. Oh, different sacrifice. I mean, the sacrifice is the time. You know, that is something you can never put a price on no matter what the time is used for, right? Time is so valuable. So we sacrifice memory-making time that other families get, you know what I mean? And, and and of course we're making it willingly. So people don't always see that the spouse and, and the children are making huge sacrifices for the freedoms in this country too. 
what types of help do spouses and children need? To be fair, most military, I think Randy can agree with this. They have amazing support for spouse in place. There's lots of, you know, he was on, you know, doing the Air Force, so I'm not sure, but I know they have something similar to what the Navy has, which they have a group of the military wives from the boat they're on. So they have an ombudsman who is like the center contact. She'd be the one in contact with the boat and the command. And then she would relay information, important information to the rest of us. And they would host get togethers and they'd make a parties because we could send them like a care package once every deployment, you know, so you could get together and kind of help each other do these things. And they just, you know, so they were, you know, phone tree. If you needed to talk to someone because you're feeling really overwhelmed and, you know, a young mom with three children, for example, when her husband deploys, you better believe she really needs some help. So, you know, there's the military does, I have to say, has been really great for spousal support. They offer lots of ways and groups for you to join. Okay. What are some of the groups to, that are really good that you know of that people so, could go to to help? It's been a decade since I was involved really in the military that way. But I do know from working with certain groups that each military base has its own, you know, there's not one central website, for example, for all the military spouses in the world. Each place has its own. So where I live here in Washington state in the, you know, there's a one specifically for the bases here. And so you just get online or, you know, usually they give you a packet when you first get here, you know, with important information and there's information, a page of information for spouses. Here's a website, here's our Facebook group, here's these things. If you need some, you know, help with uh, school enrollments and things like that, there's a page dedicated for that information. Okay. Do you have any regrets being the spouse of a veteran? As a true patriot, there is never get, there can be, never be regret. You know, I was lucky because the Navy's a little bit different than somebody who is on the front lines or you know in a co- in combat situations like Randy was in. You know, that's way more stressful, I think, for a spouse of somebody like you know a soldier. But um, no regrets at all. I'm proud. Proud to be an American. Love it. So have you ever thought about joining the military yourself? I tried to join the Marine Corps when I was young and I grew up with cousins, older cousins. They were all male and they joined the Marine Corps as well. And I remember one of them flying up because it was the same recruiter that recruited him, you know, when I was trying to join the Marine Corps and he flew up from 29 Palms and was like, absolutely not. You can join the Air Force, but that's it. You're not, that's the, no, it's not a place for, you know, I, I, he was, they were trying to protect me, I think, because Marines can be rough. But after that, I went through, I took my ASVAB and everything. I was right on the dotted line and I, I kind of regret not joining, honestly. But then, you know, after the determent, I lost my steam on it. And they kind of scared me with a lot of horror stories. And I, you know, so I it frightened me out of signing up. <laughs> uh, they did I that wish on purpose I could. to you there, Shanna. Yeah, I know they did it on purpose. <laughs> De- definitely, I recognize oh, yeah. it now. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I sometimes wish I could have gotten in. All right. So, Shauna, kneeling for the flag, how does that make you feel? 
you know, Randy gave the best answer and that's really it. Um, the way I feel about it is I don't necessarily agree with it personally. And it's because the reason we stand and we stand instead of kneel ever is because we're trying to get away from that. Like kneeling is kind of negative, right? Because it means someone is beneath you. And that's exactly the opposite of what America is. You know what I mean? So we're supposed to stand united, not kneel anymore. Because again, kneeling means that I'm below you and I have to give you respect this way. And so that's the whole reason for the standing up together in unity. So even though I, I think people should do what they want to be able to do, I'm not sure if they understand why the standing is so important and unique to the American way. For the sign of respect. Right. And or, unity. Or, or Shana, yeah? it's probably because they haven't went through some of our, 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 uh, our circumstances. That's probably why they don't understand. It's know? very true. And, and, you know, and I have love to have these conversations with some of the people because I explained to them the history of kneeling and why, you right. know, that it's very negative. And that's why this is an idea that we don't kneel. And so, yes, talking to them and educating them. And it's changed a few people like, man, I never really thought about it like that. Like, now, you know. Well, education is the key to all, to all of it. All the communication, time, yes. Time. Good communication. <laughs> communication and education. Yes. And that, that is one thing I think that we're falling short in our country right now. And that's the education side of it. A lot of things are not being basically reiterated from history. People don't necessarily know the true history behind certain things. Therefore, they have a different feeling about it because they don't know. That's so true. And they don't understand. That's very true. Lack of information. And history seems to be getting taught differently all the time. <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation, I probably. <laughs> um, I guess we can get a little bit off base on that one. Okay, so Shauna and Randy. Is there anything that you would like to add about just your your situations, your circumstances that you've been through Randy, as a veteran or a child of a veteran? Go ahead, Randy. No, ladies first. Oh, he's <laughs> such a gentleman. Uh, I will say this. That, you know, veteran care is getting a lot better, but there has been some, you know, it hasn't always been great. And, and that whole stereotype of that Vietnam vet who's like drunk and homeless on the corner, that's because of a lack of how we took care of our veterans when they came here, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. It, it is getting better, but, you know, showing them respect because the, there was a lot that they went through and we didn't know how things were going to affect them long term. You know, there's not any real way to know until it happens. And so, you know, when you see them, just give them a little respect and 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 uh, just know that they've seen horrors that most of us can never even imagine that has happened to them, that they relive and see behind their eyelids every day. So, you know, respecting that they did that because of, um, you know, for America, because they believed in that and they did it. And so um, I like to see more of that, you know. 
respect for veterans. And that's exactly what I'd like to see, too, especially as both of you have mentioned, is the mental health part of it. Absolutely. I think our country needs mental health awareness a lot more to begin with, but especially for our veterans because of what they have seen, what they've been through, whether it be from Vietnam on through Desert Storm on through Afghanistan and everything else. Mm hmm. I know, and most of us freak yeah, but, out if our internet goes down. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, but, but the, the part about the mental health, uh, Elsa, is that it's something you can't just see, you know, visibly. You know, right. you walk up to somebody that was, was injured and they lost a limb or something, you can see that. But you can't see what's happening inside their body. You know, right. you, you don't know their mental health. And, and, it, and it's, just, it's just tougher it to tough. figure that out. You know, I mean, I remember just going through, um, you know, we go through a whole year of keeping everybody together and we're going to, we're going to get everybody home safe. We're going to do all this stuff. And and the hardest part about all that stuff is when we get back home, that some person goes out and commits suicide. And then you're thinking, what did we do wrong here? Okay. And that's, it's pretty serious. I mean, we did all that stuff in the combat zone. We did everything we're supposed to do and we took care of each other. But when we come back, they still had problems. And we all have the same type of training. We all look for that thing. And then it still happens. And it's just, it's just a tough thing. And you beat yourself up saying, hey, what could I have done? But, you know, it, it's, just a, it's just a tough thing. And, and, uh, and just sitting down talking to somebody will help. Okay. That, I would say that. So it's just, it's just, a, just a tough, tough, tough go around. But like I said, talking about stuff, some people want to open up. Some people don't want to open up. But it's our job to maybe help them. And I recognize that because I was in the middle of it. And, and probably, Shawnee, you, you kind of saw that, too, that maybe your father talked about things. Maybe he didn't talk about things, you know, just mm-hmm. different things. Maybe your husband did, too. But, but you know, it's just sometimes you got to open them up. <laughs> sometimes us guys don't open up as, as well as uh, ladies. Now, I told you I had four daughters and a wife, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I understand all that. <laughs> you know? I tell everybody I'm per- I'm very well trained, by the way. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why I stayed in the military for 31 years. I'm just kidding, just kidding. Of course, <laughs> no. But, uh, oh, my my girls take care of me, you know, and, and that's well. Let me ask both of you this: mm-hmm. How can we help veterans, especially on the mental health? issues because a lot of them are suffering through that who don't have who come back and don't have families don't have a significant other or parents or whatever that can help them through it what can we do to help those people that are technically alone oh that's tough because every every soldier or person is unique and their situations are unique and sometimes it's i know randy has seen this we i've seen it a lot is these guys get married young because they're freaked out and they're going to be deployed they don't want to go and get deployed and not you know and then they all get married and stuff and they come back and it, you know they find out all kinds of terrible things or you know their wife leaves them because you know they're 22 years old And then they, you know, they take their lives, they take their lives and it happens very often because of this. So how can you tell young people that not to take it so seriously? I mean, this is a age old question that we've been trying to figure out for a long time. It's so hard. It's tough. 
it's very tough. I mean, um, but even though you're like, all these resources are for here, please, for God's sakes, use them. You know, when they're feeling in the emotion of all this tragedy that they feel is happening to them, and they just came back and now their life is, you know, all they had to look forward to was coming home. You know, when he said the first, when you, as soon as you step on that plane and you're gone, you're thinking about when you get to get back home. They're waiting for that. So when they come home and it's a freaking disaster, it really puts yeah. them in a dark place. It does. And that's, that's the hardest part. But mm-hmm. you were asking how, how we can help. And, you know, especially if, you, if you're not part of the military and you, have, and you don't know anything about it. But, you know, just maybe plug into your local VA hospital, okay, and go up to them and ask them, hey, uh, there's got to be a program around here where I can talk to some vets. And, and they'll be, they'll welcome you to come in there. You know, they, they have little, little sessions and, you know, they, they go just like the AA meetings. They also have meetings for the people that have a PSDD, you know, have the, the problems, of, you know. So they plug into that type program, go ask them, say, hey, I'm here to help. I want to volunteer. Okay. And they can plug you into those places. And just, just to, for them, like Shauna said, just to talk to some normal things that are going on because, they were trained to handle the military things that happened. That's what we're trained to do. But we're not trained to when we come home and the bad things start happening. Yes. Like, you know, like I said, you get married early and then all of a sudden when you come back that, you know, your wife uh, leaves you. I mean, you just came from all this stuff that you know everything about because you were trained to do it. Now you're into a situation where you're not trained to do that, of course. And that's where counseling comes into play right there. So, mm-hmm. so plug in. Plug up in your local VA and ask them, hey, how can I help? How can I volunteer? How can I help? Can I just go talk to I mean, they'd welcome anybody to come talk to them. I think mainly the big thing is talking to one another and trying to work it all out, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that simple, of course, but that's a start. Yes. Right, just to kind of be that possible open ear yeah. support person for them. Yeah. It's some, sometimes it's easier to talk to somebody that's a stranger, right, about tragedy than it is the people really exactly. close to you. Now, Shauna, I didn't ask you this one. What to you would be the most important freedoms that our veterans fight for? Oh, pretty much every one of them that we got. I mean, it's hard to pinpoint a favorite, but the, the fact that America is built on the idea of freedom and freedom in many ways, you know, freedom to choose and make our own destiny, freedom to choose our own occupations and education opportunities, freedom to say the things we feel because we're leaving the oppression of, an, of the other countries to come here. You know, the, the freedom of speech is really big because, you know, that's a big proponent why this country was formed in the first place. So, but every freedom that we have is a luxury that many other countries do not have. And so when we are in this bubble, we live in this American bubble, as I call it, that we don't always realize the kind of stuff going on in the rest of the world. And uh, they, you know, it's, it's not that the info is not out there, but it's also not being thrown at us. It's like, we, we know what's going on here in America, but not many people say, no, what's going on in uh, New Zealand or, or anything like that. So we tend to stay in our bubble and not realize that the freedoms we have are fought over a long period of time and continue to be fought for. And and that's true. I mean, we're given these freedoms that a lot of people are just taking for granted here in America. Right. 
not realizing that this is not just a human right. It's it's a luxury to us. It's a luxury. And, you know, I've, I've also been to other countries and stuff like that. And, you know, it's a totally different. It's totally different in very in a lot of ways. And so it's like, you know, maybe some freedoms they have that we don't have and vice versa. But for the most part, we're the freest nation in the world. So I like to keep it that way, to be honest. That's why everybody wants to get here, Shauna. That's why everybody wants you know. to get here. Nobody wants to <laughs> That's leave. That's why everybody wants to be an American. It's true. Well, true. I, I explain it this way. The old, uh, the way we were taught, it was called the melting pot, actually. Mm. Okay. We mm-hmm. came from all walks of life, all different cultures, and we came together. We melted together to become Americans. Yep. We don't need to forget that we were Americans. All of us are Americans now. Yeah. If, you, if you're in this country, it doesn't matter where you came from. We, you're an we, American. The common goal now is to be an American. Exactly. Uh, I don't really get wrapped up in any other stuff. Yeah. Uh, when I vote, I vote like an American. When I do this, I'm doing like an American because that's just – and Shauna knows because that's the way we were raised, right? That's, Absolutely. That's what we did. So right. That, that's how – because <laughs> we were in it all our life, and that's just kind of what was taught to us. Exactly. So it does so need to be taught. not forget the, the – Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, the old words like melting pot, I asked my daughter, you know, she's, well, I got four of them, but my youngest one is 13. And I asked her, hey, do you even know what the word melting pot means? She didn't have any of the idea because it's not being taught in the school. I said, what that, what that means is that means all of us are coming from all walks of all over the planet and we're coming together to be Americans because we're unique. We, we have a diverse of every single culture and every one of them can coexist because America's proven that. Uh-huh. To, to come out yep. on the on the other side better, no doubt about it, no doubt about it. All right. Well, I want to thank our guests Randy and Shauna for spending your time and telling us your stories and your point of view on all of this tonight. Thank and you. a special special thank you to well, thank all you. veterans and families for their incredible sacrifices made for our freedoms. Also, a thank you to our sponsor, Logical Choice Realty, your logical choice for all your real estate buying and selling needs. And I do want to give a quick congratulations to Kyle Larson for winning the NASCAR championship. Don't forget to think outside the box to reach your next level of success. And may God bless you and may God bless the USA. It's been so great to have you join us this week. Outside the Box with Elsa is broadcast live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again soon. to buy or sell your piece of Southwest Florida paradise? Make your choice a logical one with Logical Choice Realty Group. Sell it faster for more money and less stress. They'll get your home sold and closed. Go to LogicalChoiceRealtyGroup.com and start packing today.